0: Welcome to XBS Hub, the story behind the coach. Our second episode is in the books and our guest today was the international basketball coach Rob Newson. I had a great time talking with Rob and I hope you have a great time listening. Welcome
1: to the podcast, Rob. Amazing to be here, Thomas. Yeah, Lovely thank to you. See you. We,
0: we've uh, we've been trying to set it up for like three weeks now. My producer was getting impatient, but I told him, "Don't worry, Rob's worth the wait."
1: <laughs> oh, come on! Don't put the pressure on. No, definitely.
0: So, uh, tell me a little bit first. I want to know what are you up to right now. I saw you've uh, launched your own business.
1: Yes, sir. We're in the inception stage of that. It's launching right now. And uh, I, I guess I can't tell you what it's going to look like 12 months from now, or even six months from now. Right. But Cairo uh, Performance is launching and uh, it's about coaching. It's, uh, it's about working with young people um, and coaches and parents. And um, it's about high performance. And um, uh, yeah, like I said, it's, uh, it's coming together on the fly and it's changing every day. Um, and you know, as the situation with COVID kind of swings to and fro, we, uh, uh we have to navigate that as well, but, um, I'm in Vietnam right now and, uh, things are okay here. So we'll get things going on the ground here. Very, very, very soon.
0: Okay, cool. What did you call it? What was the name of it? The business?
1: Kairos Performance.
0: Kairos Performance. Uh and I've also seen you do some videos online with some breathworks and stuff like that. Where did you is that a part of the program or or is that just some uh side thing you got into?
1: Well, you know, Kairos performance is going to be uh it's going to be about high performance in all areas of life. But, you know, I'm I come from a basketball background. I've been coaching, you know, all of my professional life and I guess a part of me is also a part of the game and uh, that's my community. So Kairos Performance is going to be uh, living and working in the basketball community. Um, But the breath work is something which I've come across uh, as a, as a a deliberate practice over the last two years. And uh, it's definitely going to be um, integrated uh, fully into what we do um, because it is fundamental work that, that needs to be done by us all, uh, whether we are athletes or not. You know, we all breathe and uh, making that more efficient and um, more effective and uh, connecting with it will uh, help us in, in any area of life, whether we're trying to um, be healthier as a, a healthier in our daily lives or whether we're trying to you know, win an NBA championship.
0: What will be your uh, target group for the business? Like, will you be targeting young athletes or professional athletes or? or-
1: yeah. Yeah, so uh, athletes, young athletes under 19 years old is going to be one uh, major part of what we do. Um, but we also need to work with the coaches of those kids um, because I'm not going to coach everybody. And, right. um, and the parents as well. And so, um, you know, the breath work in particular is going to be something which I'd like to uh, do with the parents um, of the kids that I work with. Um, I really want those people to be a part of all of this. Is
0: uh, XPS going to be a part of what you do?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I'm building an online course for for kids, uh, largely out here uh, at the moment. You know, COVID is really tough on places like the Philippines at the moment. They've had their largest amount of cases uh, like today, I think. Um, since it started. So they're a long way away from, uh, from being able to get on the court and, and do normal things. So uh, yeah, XPS is gonna be something I'm going to use to, or I am I'm using to build uh, online courses for, like an online program for uh, basketball players where we're gonna incorporate all of these things, you know, the basketball element, strength and conditioning element, mindfulness and breath work. Um, and you know, I'd like to also do that with the coaches to to bring them in. Um, so yeah, for sure, it will be an integral part.
0: Awesome. It, it'll be uh, interesting to see where this goes once you've get it, uh, gotten it better on his feet. You know, what has it been like? Three three months in?
1: Yeah, we're we're basically four months in since uh, you know beginning to to get after it and try to understand. You know, what is it that I'm going to do with it and how are you going to, you know, brand and market it to the people, and then what's going to be the content inside, and trying to understand all those different parts of social media and uh, the internet world that we live in right now, and how to, uh, you know, stand out and be, be unique and those kind of things. So, we're very very early, and um, things move very fast though. So, you know, in the next couple of months, it's going to be much more solidified uh, in its first stages.
0: Okay, um, if people want to check it out once it gets ready, uh, what would be the website
1: for it? The website is going to be kairos-performance.com. Um, that, is in, that is like working right now, but it's not finished anywhere near. So okay, um,
0: so don't check it out just yet, but...
1: Uh, yeah, give me a week. <laughs> all right.
0: Um, but I wanted to ask you, you've, for the past three years before you started your business, you've been working for the MBA out in Asia, yes. in Hong Kong. Um, can you tell me what your role was and just how you felt about that time, what that time did for you?
1: Uh, So I was the manager of basketball operations um, at NBA Asia and uh, NBA Asia's primary uh, objective for the group of people that I was involved with was about a program called Junior NBA which is essentially trying to grow the game uh, in uh, Southeast Asian countries where Basketball is not that popular yet, or it's quite underdeveloped, and um, therefore, there aren't a lot of fans of the NBA there. So, my role in all of that was to be a a kind of a a person that would organize and manage and create uh, a program to get kids more involved in basketball in schools. Um, So, you know, writing curricula for PE systems um, and, and state school systems in uh, countries like Vietnam and Indonesia, and then creating these programs where we'd go and talk to teachers and uh, um, and, the, and the coaches and the kids themselves. And you know that that, that three years was, uh, as all of the years of my life have been, the you know a major. In, in many ways and lots of things that I've learned and I've become the person that I am today through those experiences. Um, and I got to see, you know, the business of the game and the, the, how global it is and, um, and how much people are inspired by the NBA from afar and that that inspiration can move people to to do things so uh, I learned a lot about business a lot I met a lot of different people in a lot of different countries and was able to you know work with them and inspire them uh, through that work and um, it was a wonderful uh, three years um, of doing and learning and and uh, you know I I also became a father for the second time at that uh, during that time as well so Did
0: you do a lot of coaching while you you were doing it? Or was it more like organization,
1: marketing uh, work? Yeah, in the first year, we did quite a bit of coaching because we were just flying in and out of countries and then uh, coach camps. It would be camp coaching, you know, get a bunch of people together. NBA would be bankrupting everything. So everything is free for for the kids and the coaches attending the events. And we would organize these huge... Like Skill Station events, where kids would come in and get a scorecard, and they would do some drills, and and then in the next day, if you made it, you'd play a bunch of games, and uh, there was prizes to win at the end um, of these camps. After that, um, it, it became much more about the numbers. So, how many people can you kind of uh, build a business around that you're saying you're affecting? You know, so if we're trying to trying to affect 10 million people, how do we create like a funnel? to say that we've uh, done these events for the teachers and then the teachers are coaching the kids. And so if we create these events that uh, help the teachers to teach the kids, then we've effectively reached, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 million um, kids. So it became a lot more of organization and, and management of the people on the ground in the last two years.
0: Right. And, and this gives you a little bit an idea, like gives listeners a little bit of idea of what um how global you've been in your coaching. Yeah. You you got out of, out of it a little bit. Yeah, how global you've been in coaching and you've coached in Vietnam, you've coached in Hong Kong, you've coached in Iceland where I'm located right now, the birthplace of XPS. Uh and you also coached in, you know, your your home country, England. Um tell me a little because people often ask Coaches who've been all over the place. What's the biggest difference? But I want to know what is the biggest commonality. What's the same, no matter where you're coaching in the world? What What do you think are the things that are always the same when coaching?
1: Well, the game is the same, um, and that's the common denominator for all of us that are involved in it. You know that we, wherever you go in the world, if you if you love the game. Or you love what it gives to you, um, then you can go anywhere and speak a language that people understand, you know because like that's a great experience from the last fifteen years where I've been around. you know I, I don't speak Icelandic. I, don't, I do actually speak Vietnamese, I don't speak Chinese, um, but and and all of the other countries that I went to, Indonesia, Philippines, Singapore, uh, Thailand, Malaysia, Japan, uh, you know, these places, I don't speak that language, those languages, but the language of basketball is, you know, it's universal. And um, so wherever you go, you know, that, that, that sort of route can help you to establish relationships. It provides a starting point for conversations and, you know, you'll try really hard to talk to another basketball coach. Uh, it, it, because even if you don't speak the same language because there will be something there that they can help you with and you'll be able to draw stuff on a piece of paper or something like that um, so that's one thing and um, and I think probably one more thing that comes to mind is that there are kids everywhere who want that, that enjoy playing the game or that want to experience success and, and be confident and Again, basketball is a, is a way to do that. So coaches all over the world, they're all trying to to do that in, in their own way. You know, there, there is a ton of conversation in different coaching communities about different kinds of things. And a lot of the time it can become fractured because some coaches think that this is the right way and some coaches think that that's the right way. But at the end of the day, all of the coaches are trying to do the right thing and all of the kids and all of the players they all want to experience success and do well and and have fun experiences so i think those are some of the big commonalities doesn't matter where you go you're going to experience that
0: where where was the most challenging uh country that you've coached like where did you have the most uh i want to say maybe difficult or challenging time coaching
1: You mean me personally? Yeah. I mean, it has to be Iceland. Um, In my second year in Selfless, it has to be. There's no other experience that taught me so much about myself that um, was so hard uh, at times and uh, where I questioned things so many times that there's been no other year like that. And and I've been in, you know, in Vietnam, you could could make an argument that it's really hard that you're a basketball coach and you want to do well, especially six, seven years ago when I was there, um, I had a a number of coaches come in and then leave straight away uh, just because it's just, you know, if you're from Europe, going to Vietnam is a different planet. Um, and basketball there is totally you know it's really underdeveloped and it's really coming now but at that time it was it was a different story so there were difficulties there but personally you know my evolution if you like my rite of passage came in self-boss in Iceland
0: what what was it about that time that made it so challenging you you said you had uh, did you say that you had a lot of questions that you asked yourself and that you were just, you know, trying to figure out? Can you, can you give me an example of what it was that made it so difficult over time?
1: Uh, well, I think, you know, first of all, I was 23 or 24 years old when I went there. You know, I was a young uh, coach who was trying to... I, I kind of had this vision in my mind of where I was going, right? And that vision was to the top. Euroleague, Barcelona, you know, coach the, the best players, be this uh, elite level coach. But that was a, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad now, right? I have two little kids and I, and I read a lot about parenting and some of the things which I'm confronting as a parent are the things that come from my parents. You know, I, I tend to rabbit stuff that comes from my parents and I, I don't mean to do it. It's just you, it's your conditioning, right? That's, uh, that is something which we all have to confront. And as a, as a young coach, that's what I was doing then. I was just parroting the narrative that you're supposed to try and get to the top and be an elite level coach. But what was deep inside of me was a, a, a yearning to really like uh, connect and have meaningful work and meaningful relationships. And it, that brought me to Selfoss and Brynja and FSU where those questions about who am I, uh, you know, why do I do this work, uh, how am I going to do it for the next 20, 30, 40 years, uh, who are the people I'm going to work with, and what am I going to um, offer the world? All of these things were put in front of my face. You know, um, partly through. But you're the talking
0: about intent- just so people know. You're talking about Brinyar, uh the founder, one of the founders of Sideline Sports and XPS you coached with him in selfos in Iceland. That was, one. what, your second pro job or third?
1: Yeah, second, really, yeah. My second overseas pro job. Yeah, uh, I took that job uh, after I finished my first year in Reykjavik with Valeri. Um Yeah, so Brynja brought me there, and, uh, you know, I, I had... Uh, Brynja is a... If, if you know him, then you don't need me to explain what Brynja is, it's uh, it's a, an enigma, you know, it's somebody who is mysterious and polarizing um, and somebody that you, you, are going to have to make a decision on every time that you're around him and every moment that you're with him um, because he's going to challenge you. And, um, and that's his role, you know? And uh, so when I went to Selfos as a, a 24-year-old, I don't know if I was ready, but I had to be ready. And um, he put a lot of stuff in front of me that uh, I had to deal with and, um, you know, in his own way. And um, to be honest, I loved it. It was what I wanted and what I needed.
0: Awesome. Mm -hmm. And and at Selfos, you were coaching a men's team. You were also coaching some youngsters. Uh, And looking at your resume, you've both coached, you know, uh, men's teams and some youth teams and some kids. What what is your favorite age age group to coach?
1: I think um, my niche is is in the teens. Teens. Um, kids that are sort of sort of coming of age, you know, into into the young adulthood. Um, I, I think that. I I probably work best there. You know, um, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and I I can do well with them, you know. But there is a limit to my ability to be around two and four-year-olds. It's uh, it's a hard job if you want to teach basketball to really little kids like mini basket and you know uh, those those under tens. That's um, you need a remarkable level of patience and. Um, and, and to kind of be much slower than I still am. I'm still kind of, I like the intensity and, and and to get after it. And if you're 14 or 15 or 16 years old and you're playing basketball, then you probably have sort of an idea of why you're doing that and you're starting to be competitive. And um, yeah, and you're kind of growing up. And I think that um, that's the kind of kid that that I've always been best around and will work with the most.
0: What uh, what motivates you? Like, why are you doing this? Why, why coaching?
1: Um, coaching is for me the way that I learn about myself. Um, you know,
0: but 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 what drives you? Like, uh, what gives you motivation to keep going? Like, if if you whether you're doing it for yourself or or for the others, like, what is it that 'Cause we all have to work, we all do some hard work and then you need some reward at the end of the day. And hopefully it's more than just uh, cash and money. Like what is it that keeps you going? Like what is it what is it that you get out
1: of it? Well, I'm um, I mean I, I, I double down. I'm trying to find out about myself, you know, I'm I'm trying to find out what, what this is all about. And the way I do that is I go into my own practices and um, ask myself you know difficult questions, and I look at the way that I conduct myself, and then I have the I have the skills and the ability to communicate with others in a way that some people don't have that you know and, and some people are not driven to work with other people and and try to lead and and teach but those skills are inside of me and, and i'm really passionate about them um and that i it's difficult to answer that question um with a with a kind of solid answer because i've always been into coaching but that ha- the reasons for that have changed a lot over the years although i don't know if they actually have like maybe it's just that i've started to realize a bit more why i coach um, and each year and each experience that goes on, you, you you know you strip away another layer and another layer and another layer, and it's still coaching. I still love to coach, still love to teach, still love to be in that environment of a team. Um, but the reasons they 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 seem to get deeper and deeper each time. And um, and right now where I'm at is, yeah, it's just like um, everybody needs a coach at some point, and um, maybe I'm that for some people at some point in
0: their lives. I was going to ask you, you know, everybody needs a coach, and I was going to ask you about your coaches that you've had, you know, your influences in, in coaching coaching, and maybe just in life. And you mentioned Brynjar, and I just want to start there. What do you think uh, you've learned from him? What are, the, what are the things that you take away from that time at Selfos that you think, you know, you still use? in coaching today?
1: Um, well, the, I've told this story a couple of times on a couple of different um, uh, interviews that I've done. Uh, it's about a kid who who came into my office in that season and said that he had been thinking about committing suicide and was reaching out for a bit of help from me, 25 year old, 24 year old me. And, uh, and I went to Brinia that night and asked him, what am I supposed to do now? And he said, uh, well, this is why you're here. You know, what are you going to do now? Are you Are going to teach him how to make a curl cut and everything's going to be all right? Like, this is not about basketball. This is, you know, this is it. And, and I think that encapsulates a lot of what Brynja helped me with was, was stripping away some of those layers and, it, and, and helping me to realize that it was, this isn't about the game. The game is beautiful. I love basketball, and I enjoy playing it. I enjoy watching it. I enjoy being around it. But it's not about the skills or the rules or any of that. It's about the people. And he was, you know, he really helped me to do that by challenging my viewpoint on all of this stuff. And um, I, I think that story is uh, is a good way of doing it. I mean, he, he just got me into looking in a different way you know i was looking in a certain direction and he just basically said hey just take your hand away and look over there and see what's over there and i was like oh okay and then ever since it's been just been going like this
0: that's a a really good story and and i think it's an excellent point to make for any coach that might watch this you know just uh what you said about is about the players and not the game or the individual the people the people that are playing the game um, yeah, do- yeah sorry
1: something that um, I I have a hard time with it because you, you know there's a lot of people that are, in, that are involved in the game and that care about the game and there's a lot of conversation you know during COVID a lot of people have been at home and so the conversation on the internet has exploded right so now everybody's on the internet and you can talk to many many different coaches and there's a lot of stuff about basketball and about basketball coaching out there, but it, and I don't I don't want to be judgmental because one of the things that I'm trying to emulate or embody in my coaching is not judging what I see for what it is, you know, not judge a book by its cover. Um, so when I see this conversation on, on basketball being played out, a lot of it is about the skills and it is about, you know, man-to-man defense against zone or what press should I run or, you know, all of this stuff. And I don't want to say that I don't care about that stuff because that's the game. You know, that's the one that we've decided that we're going to be involved in. And, you know, when I coach basketball, this is the stuff that we're going to do. But really it isn't about that at all. And um, it's a, it's such a, it's such a, it's a really interesting, but it's a very difficult conversation because it takes a long time. It takes a long time to get somebody there to kind of go deeper and deeper and deeper and realize that, yeah, actually this is about the people that you're with and what are all of those people trying to achieve in their lives individually? And how can we, how can we help all of them and help the group? Like that's the beauty of the game really.
0: And that's been tough now during these times of, of COVID and, and no personal contact and all that. What have, um, what have you done just to try to, you know, keep coaching during this time?
1: Uh, well, I, I have to coach every day um, because my two-year-old and my four-year-old are, you know, they, they are my um, they're my coaches. Actually, uh, they coach me probably more than I coach them. And to me, you know, becoming a father before I was a father, I I knew that that's what I was going to do. I knew I was going to have kids um, for, since I was an adult, or maybe even before. And, um, you know, that's you ask me what motivates me as a coach and uh, maybe that's it. You know, my motivation is to try to be the best version of myself as a father, uh, because that work is extremely challenging um, because it it demands presence at all times, which we are not programmed right now in, in in today's world to be, you know, we are programmed kind of to be distracted. You know, There's a lot more tra-
0: sta- m- lot more at stake too than just winning the game.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, so you know, my, my coaching has been actually. You know, I haven't tried to do more coaching. I've actually taken the opportunity to do a bit more investigation into myself, and that's where that breath work and mindfulness practices come in. Um, and I've had the opportunity to go deeper there and and experience uh, a side of myself which I'm getting more and more in touch with. And, and that has had exponential benefit for my coaching. Um, so taking the focus away from just the work that I do and actually you know, focusing more on who am I and, and my relationships, I think has made me a better coach tenfold.
0: Awesome. Uh, any other influences that you've had that, you know, have had an impact on your life as a coach and just as a person?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, a a lot. Um, You know, my my dad has to be there. Uh, He has influenced me um, in many ways. And uh, I I don't know if he's always been on board with me being a basketball coach, Um, but he's been somebody who, uh, without... Uh, without a lot of words has shown me what it meant to be a father. And I've taken a lot of uh, positive lessons there and, um, and how to, you know, how to lead. And so, uh, that's one, um, my cousin, uh, Tony Gabalotto is, you know, a, a quite well-known coach in, in England and also coach in Iceland, um, and in Asia. Um, you know he brought me to the game basically i I was introduced to the game when he was at London Towers. He's your cousin in-
0: yeah, yeah, I remember him uh Tell me yeah. some of the lessons that uh you know i I met him once at Kawafi the camp there uh tell me some of the lessons that you've learned from him.
1: well, Tony has been like a a guiding star for me to be honest with you. He's been the person that has shown me kind of what's possible. Um, I, I, we've kind of followed each other. I started off following him, and then uh, a few years ago, he ended up coming to Vietnam after me. So, you know, he was the person who kind of opened my eyes to and gave me a flavor of of the game when I was very young. You know, I was he, he was at London Towers, and I became a mascot at the Towers Professional Game when I was like 15 years old. And I mean, to me, this is like, this is a crazy experience, but those are the kind of experiences which set a lifetime of, uh, you know, pursuing a dream. So, you know, that, and then, you know, his trip to Iceland, I know where he met Brynja, you know, that, that all turned around whereby I was contacting Brynja from England, you know, trying to go to see him. Um, and that's how all of that started. Um, so in that sense, you know, Tony has really shown me, um, the way, it's showing me that things are possible through basketball uh, that maybe not possible, you know, through, through just um, any other way.
0: Right. Yeah. We, we got to get Tony on the show sometime. Uh, yeah. What uh, regarding your coaching philosophy, like, and maybe you can divide that into two parts because you do a lot of different coaching because you have some philosophy about the game, you know, offenses, defenses and all that. And maybe then you have some, Philosophy of just how to reach the individual, and which is maybe uh, I don't I wouldn't say more relevant, but it's more urgent when you're dealing with youngsters. If you had to make like a sales sales pitch or explain your philosophy in coaching, how would you go about that? It's a it's yeah, a it's stop. a tough question. I know that, but it, you know, give it give, give it your shot.
1: Performance, man, it's got to be uh, on the website. But so I mean, I got to I'm going to go with uh, with this. For me, this is about connection, growth, and discovery. So, whatever I do, whoever I'm working with, pri- priority number one is to be is to connect with that person. Then we're going to see we can grow together, and we're going to find out what happens. And I mean, this encompasses it all for me. Um, there there are some other things, and um, you know, basketball-wise, depending on the group that I have. I've always liked to, to play fast, to be aggressive, to press and, uh, and, and, and be exciting like that. And, uh, and I'm a pretty intense person. So uh, when I get between the lines, you know, I like things to be upbeat and, um, and to really get after it. So, you know, but it, that, those things always depend on also the group that you're working with and the resources that you have. Whereas the other stuff, you know, the deeper philosophy um that is for me what it's about i actually did a talk today earlier with some filipino coaches and we talked about the fundamentals and uh because there's a lot of chat about that and they're like what are the fundamentals and how to coach them and so what we were talking about was you know that i, I don't know if we really need to go into uh the fundamentals of the game you know we, we might disagree on one or two points or where one sits in front of the other but my question is what are the fundamentals of success for you? And, it, and for me, right now, it's about creativity, it's about self-awareness. Uh, what was my, my, my third one was it was about strength and deep practice. So to quickly, creativity, uh, th- this is like there are so many examples of this. I I, I would love when when we are you know involved in the game, I'm talking about me and the people I'm around. I'm focusing on it being about creativity. I don't want to tell people what to do. I don't want them to look to me in the middle of a game and ask me what play to run or you know what read to make. Like you, this play, this is all the answers are within you. So let's create an environment where you that that fosters you um, being able to be calm and present and see what is in front of you and then make a decision and an action that you're not worried about and you know all the magic happens there and I mean you know success and failure are, are both as wonderful and meaningful as each other and um, it's the being willingness to take a risk that is uh, seem to be holding a lot of us back so creativity um, self-awareness you know is another deep topic but mostly about emotional intelligence and being able to connect to yourself and and others around you and and not just, you know, operate as your program demands, but be aware of, of that program and decide whether you're actually okay with it or not.
0: Uh, what is very obvious to me is that it's way easier to coach someone's shot or their dribbling technique because you can see it and you can touch it and you can record it and you can analyze it and all that stuff. Um, do you have any ways or methods or like what is your approach when trying to help people grow in those you know more mental emotional areas of their lives
1: yeah i mean at at the end of the day everything is a meditation okay so you have to define what is meditation meditation is a contemplative practice so when you sit and meditate you are making an observation of your internal and external world and that's it i mean it's a deep deep practice but that's it you just observe without without judgment what is happening you know are our emotions rising uh, are, do you feel you know are you thinking too much about the future or the past you know are you following the sounds and being distracted by that or are you actually present So everything is a meditation. If you're coaching, you can be meditating in the sense that if you're observing what's going on on the court or in your practice, and you're actually present, you're not uh, watching things through the eyes of of Coach Rob, who thinks he knows everything, and that guy's lazy over there, and that's why he did that. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, that story I create because of past experiences that I've had with that person and who I think I am and who I think that person is, that, that colors my, um, my uh, presence in the moment and my ability to uh, be here and connect with somebody else, right? about Coming back to my connection. So first of all, it's about being present myself and just observing what is happening on the court or in whatever situation we're in. And then, if we talk about trying to help somebody else with that, that's it. You, you're, you're coming to them and asking them, you know, what did they see or what do they think about this? And why do you think that? And what do you mean by that? You know? And it's like a a little bit of an unraveling of um, people, people's like judgments and predeterminations of what is happening and why it's happening,
0: asking questions and and
1: finding out if you, asking questions and just finding out if the things that people think are happening are actually true or not. Because once that realization comes a little bit, people start going, Oh, actually, no, it doesn't have to be that way. And then, you know, also mindfulness and breathwork practices are practices that help you to realize that the thoughts that come into your head, they, they're not necessarily who you are and you can actually allow them to come and go and then you realize you can observe things. This is a scary moment because now you're not who you thought you were and anything is possible. But this is, you know, this is the work.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And and, and maybe you could argue that, uh, or you should argue, that those things are a lot more complicated than actually teaching the game of basketball.
1: Well, we make them complicated. That's, that's you know, that's why we have to... Um, we, we had kind of have to unlearn everything. Right. Right. You got to forget all the things that you've been learned because like school, they're just filling your brain with stuff and all the time you're just thinking about things and you're not actually present. So, you know, coming back to creativity as like a pillar of success, if we have a scouting report and, you know, on the scouting report is every detail of, of the game that's going to come up and every action that the other team is going to make and every, uh, counter that we have for every action they have. So in the last seconds of the game, all I'm doing is telling my players, you just see that and you do that. There's no creativity in that. You know, creativity comes out of the moment, out of the space. So I'm, you know, personally, I don't, this might not resonate with with some people, but for me, I would like to go and have a look at what is here. You know, can I have an environment where the kids or the players or the people that I'm working with can be present enough to see what 's in front of them and then discover something new right? where where and
0: does this emphasis and um, interest uh, you know it's, it's sort of a mindfulness sphere like where does it come from like where did you where did you start emphasizing on these things in your coaching
1: uh I mean the seeds were planted at Uh, with Brynja at FSU okay, for sure and then um, I I do think that the travels that I've done one thing that they have um, put in front of me is that I've been to so many new places before and and met so many people that didn't know who I was or had any idea who I was that I didn't have to be the person that was back there so I could be anybody Right. And you know, the story that we tell ourselves follows us around because the people that we're usually with they also know the story. So when I go to a new place or a new country, I could be anybody I want to be, and I can. Uh, and that that sort of I think it dislodged me a little bit. It was very hard to deal with uh, as I was growing, but it was kind of a necessary for me, at least. It was a necessary dislodging so that I could, um, you know, come to these kind of practices. And um, and then I think just, you know, with the birth of my first son and my son, it was like uh, there's a new world to explore. And it kind of everything I, I think everything is you're on your own path and this is my path. And, and I'm, I'm on I'm, I'm where I'm at right now. What is your um,
0: thoughts on building a great team culture? Like just uh, getting everybody on the same path.
1: Yeah, I think that um, it's about the same thing. Um, and
0: sorry, can you repeat you know, that? This because is mostly because, uh, about investment. Can you repeat that? Because our, our the connection broke a little bit.
1: Yeah, sorry. Um, it's it's about a lot of the things that we've been talking about. Uh, and and mostly for team culture is about investment you know how invested are each of the individuals in the group and what we're trying to do now if you've got a lot of money and you're going to invest it in something then you're getting ready to make a strong commitment and that is an individual decision that no one is going to tell you how what to do and why to do it like that has to be yours and in the in a team that's kind of what we need to do we need to make it so that each individual person can contribute in their own unique way and feels comfortable to express themselves in their own unique way and and be a part of what we're doing so building a team culture for me is 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 combining all of these things and really connecting with those people so that we can elevate every single one of those people in the group and thus the group elevates.
0: So, so basically focusing on the individual and they're investing in them and, and you know, getting them to invest it, you know, it, it, when thinking about the culture, you're not trying to affect the culture as a whole, but you're trying to affect each individual in that group.
1: Well, I think so but it's, because that's like, that's like trying to win a game by trying to win a game, like you're not going to win a game just because you decide you're gonna win the game because of all of the individual actions that happen during the game. You know, if you make good cuts, if you play good defense, if you stay present and, and, and keep calm when the run comes from the other team, and uh, you guys, you know, just understand that the, the game flows back and forth, you know, all of the things that you can control and the things that you can't control, you're able to allow them to just happen and stay level headed these are all the things which contribute to winning so and and if you do them you're likely you're more likely to win than you are to lose but if we try to win just because we want to win more i i just to me it doesn't make sense so if i'm trying to build a team culture team culture is not some abstract thing which i get and just put on top of the team like the team creates it and then you've got a real culture because culture is uh, essentially ingrained in the people within it.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. Um, talk a little bit about the future. What What are your goals for the future? Uh, when are we going to see you back in Iceland? When are you going to come join us uh, at Athena Sports Club? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what, what are your What are your uh, goals for the future? How does it, What does it look like?
1: Um, my goals for, for the future are. To be happy, and to be a a role model in some sense to my children, and have um, meaningful work and meaningful relationships. Those are my goals, and I'm going to try to do that tomorrow, and then the next day and the next day. Do, um, do you have and that's
0: any it. idea of um, where you might do that for the for the next few years, or, or are you is that undecided?
1: It's uh, pretty undecided at the moment. Um, I, you know, I, I need to go to Iceland at some point before I die, uh, for a number of reasons. Athena, you, Brynja, uh, Bupi. volcanic um, activity, and, uh, volcanic activity, uh, you know, all that good stuff. So I will do that. Um, hope you know. Let's see how things plan out in the next few years, but definitely I'll do that. You know, England is my home and um, uh, it still is, even though I haven't spent a lot of my life there since being an adult, but something about me says that we'll be back there uh, spending a good chunk of our lives um, uh, soon. For now, I'm in Vietnam and and we're gonna do something cool and crazy in Asia and make a big impact here and, uh, and then we'll go from there.
0: Awesome. Rob, thanks for having you, man thanks for being on the podcast Thank you.
1: that was awesome Thank
0: yeah you, man. it was good it was a good discussion